G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, and this is episode 126. And just before I get started today, I just wanted to give a big shout out to those people out there that have been buying my book about my own story around intermittent fasting. Uh, that's The Fasting Highway, which you can get on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, if you are in New Zealand or Australia, uh, you can actually get that from the website direct at www.thefastinghighway.com. Uh, all other countries, uh, please get it from Amazon. I really appreciate people that have read my story. Uh, it may resonate with you if you've had some battles around addiction with things like sugar, fast food, uh, forward obesity your whole life. And intermittent fasting is something that is sustainable, so you might get some motivation from having a read. Okay, let's get started with today's guest, and I'm going to be speaking with Jamie Barrett. And Jamie is 52 years old, and she's a married mother of two boys, and she lives in Northern California in the United States with an amazing supportive husband. And Jamie's had quite a few battles with weight through her life, and she sort of yo-yoed the last sort of 30 years, 50 pounds up and down by trying all sorts of diets. She also had a major health scare a few years ago, which she's going to tell us about in this podcast. And I think Jamie's story will motivate many people out there. So here to tell it is the amazing Jamie Barrett. Oh, g'day, Jamie, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Graham. Thanks for hosting me. Um, super excited to be here, and I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I listen to it all the time, and it's just really uh, provided a lot of inspiration, and um, great to hear stories from others who are also fasting. Oh, thank you. And we're going to hear your story today. And we're all excited about that, Jamie. So, Jamie, for people around the world that may not know you, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a bit of your backstory and leading up to the path of finding intermittent fasting, just about your health and weight and that sort of thing and any struggles you may have had in the past. Sure, Graham. So I have um, struggled with my weight pretty much since the third grade. Up until the third grade, I hadn't had much weight issues. And I think that was um, the summer of third grade when I discovered fast food and uh, my mom was not happy about it. And they always tried to keep me on a pretty um, clean diet, home cooking. We never went out much. And uh, we visited my Uncle Johnny in Arizona one summer and he was like, oh, there's this great place called Whataburger. We need to go there. And, and then I just felt like since then I kind of was opened to junk food. And I was thought as a kid, I was denied. How come I never had a chance to eat junk food? And I think that was when I started gaining weight without even really realizing or knowing or understanding the impacts of weight gain as an eight year old. But then when I returned to school that summer, um, after the summer, 
the beginning of fourth grade, I started noticing like my clothes didn't fit anymore. And I was really uncomfortable even as a kid. And I was picked on. Kids would call me thunder thighs and things. And from that point on, I think my weight just kind of, you know, ballooned in a way that um, uh, young kids don't really know what they're doing, but yet I'm just, you know, gaining weight as I'm going. I never got super obese as a kid, but I was definitely heavy. Um, Family members would sit around and always wonder like, oh, we wonder which family ancestor (laughs) um, had the fat genes because it looks like you got it. And I think coming from an Asian family, I'm Chinese American, and most of my relatives are super thin and they can eat everything and anything under the sun and not gain weight at all. Whereas I could just eat a little bit and gain weight. Um, I am currently 52 years old and um, just, you know, battling the weight gain all through my life. Uh, I had a bout of, um, there's a period of time where I just really felt frustrated. And I think by the time I was through with college, I, you know, that was when I also then discovered Weight Watchers and started Weight Watchers. And I was quite successful, lost quite a bit of weight. Um, But then again, started regaining the weight. I think in college, I was about 125, 130 pounds. And I had gained, um, you know, the freshman 15, and then uh, up to 130. And then by the time I was probably in my mid 20s, I was about 160. And that completely, I thought, oh my gosh, the world is going to end. How can I possibly be 160 pounds? And, um, and then from that point on, um, I got married and had kids. And of course, then having children came with the weight gain. And for each of my boys, um, I gained about 60 pounds with each pregnancy. And, you know, I was really watched what I ate. I was told my husband, I felt like a Tweety bird. I ate, ate like a Tweety bird, but I looked like a hippo. And it was always so frustrating. My doctors would say, oh, you just need to watch what you eat, exercise more. And, you know, all of that was just so frustrating. Um, And then sort of fast forward into my mid-40s, I was um, uh, had the opportunity to encounter cancer (laughs) And that was life-changing for me. I just never thought, you know, one in eight women have breast cancer and and how could it possibly be me? But it was. And um, the cancer really shook me and scared me. But I will say it's also a blessing in disguise. And looking back now that I'm on the other side of it, I feel like I learned so much just about my own tenacity and perseverance and my own fear of, you know, life and death, having to face all of that. Um, And I just kind of took it head on and thought, you know what, it's not my time, but I need to make some changes with my life. I need to, I completely stopped drinking because through lots of reading and research, I understand that alcohol has a direct impact on women um, and related breast cancer um, causes. So I cut that out and um, 
But then at the same time, my doctors had put me on this medication called tamoxifen. And then as I neared uh, my, towards the end of my time with the medication, they switched me over to another medication called Femara. And both medications caused tremendous weight gain. And I had already been battling weight issues uh, by the time I was 46, I think I, my weight gain was up to about 200 pounds. And I just thought, oh my God, like how, how can it, this be? Um, but then with the medication over the five years, let's see, I started my medication when I was 46 and the medication had just caused me just to balloon up even more. Like through the five years, I put on another 90 pounds. And so it was March of 2021 where I just, I was like, I can't, this is insane. Like I can't keep doing this. And so I started looking at all the different options, doing research online and hormones and, um, you know, diet plans. And so I, I started ordering a food service delivery just at least for my lunches to be manageable. And it was a plant-based um, program. And through that, I lost about 15 pounds between March of 2021 to October of 2021. And at the same time, that was when my doctor said I could stop my medication. And um, I think as I kind of mentioned um, in my bio, that was when I started really thinking about intermittent fasting. I had several doctors that had shared their own weight loss journey with me and also a colleague, really, to be, to be honest, um, a colleague at work had said, hey, if you ever want to know more about intermittent fasting, come talk to me. But I never did have the chance. I just started researching it on my own. And I came across Dr. Fong. And that was it. It was life-changing for me. I watched. I couldn't get enough of his videos. I watched everything that he put out there. And I just learned so much about the insulin levels and, um, you know, how really that's impactful and really trying to control your insulin every day and the gum and the diet Coke and everything that you thought was safe and zero calories was actually really messing with your insulin that then ultimately messed with your weight. And, um, but then I just, you know, October 1st, when I started, when I stopped my medication, I also stopped, I also started intermittent fasting and I just started with, I just dove right in. I did, um, 18, six, and then moved into a 20 hour, four hour eating window. And sometimes I'll do a 24 hour fast. Um, for a couple of months I had done like a 36 hour fast once a month. I didn't like that. I do like having regular meals and feeling some normalcy. And sometimes it was really hard when the 36 hours and I just thought, you know what, that's not really for me. So I find that my sweet spot really is um, like I do Monday, Mondays and Wednesdays. I normally do a uh, one meal, an OMAD, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'll do a 20 and then four. And then on the weekends, I'll do either an 18, six or 16, eight, depending. 
So trying to mix it up. And the OMAD days are also the days that I go to class with a girlfriend. We do um, uh, high-intensity training um, with this class called Orange Theory, and it's just amazing. And so um, on those days, I try to eat by 2 or 3 p.m., and um, so that I'm not feeling overwhelmed with my, my stomach when I go to class at 6 p.m., so, right, that's great, fantastic, yeah. Jamie. It's quite a backstory, and um, you know, I'm really glad that you got through that cancer period in your life. It must have been very scary for you, and I'm super glad that you got through it and here to tell us that story. It's fantastic. But also, Jamie, you mentioned there that you discovered intermittent fasting back in March 2021. You've been doing this now for some 15 months, and thanks to Doctor Fung, he got you on the journey, and you started immersing yourself in the information and. You're just explaining there with the protocols that you started with and you're, you're fairly well changing it up most of the time when you first started. Did you get the message of that clean fast right from the start or how were you handling the actual fasting with the clean fast side of things? That's a really great question. I, I, I started with, I guess, what everyone calls dirty fasting. Um, I... You know, the first years ago, I, I kind of played around with intermittent fasting because I had heard about it through another doctor. And um, and I just I was like, I can't give up cream in my coffee. Are you kidding me? Like, uh, there's no way. And I am a coffee addict. I have to have my coffee in the mornings. I, there's no way. And so just that that stuck mentality of like, I can't do this because I can't have cream in my coffee. And, um, but then this time around, um, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try. If I'm going to do this right, I'm going to do it right. But then I was, you know, drinking diet Coke and I was, you know, drinking diet seven up and I didn't know that was dirty fasting. I thought that was, you know, zero calories, no impact. And then I think it was in, I don't know if it was in one of, um, I think it was, uh, in, I don't know if it was Jen Stevens' book. Somewhere I read that actually all diet soft drinks, all well, flavored waters, all chewing gum, anything that has flavoring can cause your insulin to spike slightly. And I thought, well, if I'm going to spend all this time fasting, I, I don't want to waste a good fast by having, you know, a diet drink or a piece of gum to mess it up. So pretty quickly, within by the end of October, I was clean fasting. Yeah. Did you notice any differences when you did start clean fasting? Like after a period, did you think to yourself you were, it was either making it easier for you, you weren't getting as hungry? Was there any noticeable differences or was it fairly seamless to transition from dirty fasting to clean fasting? Oh, no, I did notice. I did notice a difference. I noticed that I, I, I could go longer with my fasts. Um, I wasn't as hungry and I think anytime like I had something with flavor or, or like hidden things that might mess up my fast, um, I found that like I just had a much harder time and all I would do is sit around and think about what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? When can I get off the fast? And, but I know that in, in Dr. Fung's, um, podcast, one of the podcasts he talked about was, this idea that when you feel hunger, it's actually the ghrelin hormone. 
So the more scientific my body reactions were for me to understand what was going on, I felt like the more control I had. When I didn't know and I just thought, oh, it's just hunger pains, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I I don't think I can make it. I got to go eat some food. But I just kept talking myself through it like, oh, this is your ghrelin kicking in. And um, just, you know, give it 15 minutes and it shall pass. Yeah. I think that's important. And I think it's also important that, you know, and as you said, you don't want to be, you know, wasting your fast. Mm -hmm. If you're going to fast all day, then do it properly and make it a clean fast. And yes, Dr. Fung does talk about, you know, having crutches and that sort of thing. But he's talking about a lot of people that he's treating in his clinic in Toronto, too, that are four or five hundred pounds and they're in bad shape. And he would rather see them fast than not fast at all. So, and but he does go on to say that you know the, the preferential thing is to do the clean fast, mm-hmm. and that gives your body the maximum times. It gives our organs a rest from digestion. It gives our cells a chance to regenerate. And I always say to people, why do you want to sort of cut corners while you're fasting? I've never understood that. You know, you just right. make it a clean fast, and then when you get to your window, make it a worthy window, which we'll talk about in a minute. But. Also, the fact we're going to talk, just rewind a bit here, and you mentioned the levels your weight got to a couple of times up to the sort of 200-pound yeah. mark, that sort of thing. Do you remember what your stats were when you first started fasting back in March 2021? Oh, yeah, that was when it got up to 291 pounds. Okay. And that was when I thought, oh, my God, I cannot. There, This is insane. Um, I just can't. Like, And it, I actually got really concerned because – here I am trying to keep cancer at bay by taking this medication. And I remember clearly that one of my oncologists had shared with me to say, try to keep your weight in check because fat cells generate estrogen and estrogen can impact cancer, the breast cancer that you have. And I thought, well, here I am taking all this medication to try and keep the cancer at bay. But yet now I'm getting all this weight and the, um, the fat cells are just generating estrogen, which is, it just, I thought, oh my gosh, this crazy cycle is going on in my body and I just can't get a lid on it. And um, often my oncologist would tell me, oh, the, you know, consider the medication as a, um, you know, invisible cloak that's protecting your whole body. And would you rather be fat or dead? <laughs> I thought, well, Okay, I'd rather be fat, but then the fat cells are generating estrogen, which could also kill me. So um, now what? So I just thought some had to give. That's a tricky situation, isn't it? I mean, one was feeding the other, really, and it must have been very confusing for you at the time. So back in March 2021, you've come to fasting, you're up that weight, and Mm -hmm. now you've been doing it for 15 months. Just sort of run us through the weight loss between 15 months ago to now, where you were then, where you are now, and sort of what the sort of weight loss was like as you were going. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I just, I was, I can't even tell you. I was so, I felt like I was, it was such a relief. It was such a moment of relief for me when I actually discovered intermittent fasting in a much deeper way, like just having dived in, dove into all of the, the reading and the science behind it. And I just kick myself for not really looking into it years ago when I first heard about it. And then at the same time, I think, oh my gosh, why have I not been doing this? And why haven't my 
doctor's been telling me about this. Why are more people not doing this? It was so frustrating because, you know, I always have people tell me, people like doctors or physicians and healthcare people, oh, you just need to eat less, exercise more. I'll tell you what, there was a period in my life, I would say probably right after my second child where I gained 60 pounds in my pregnancy and I had gone on some crazy liquid diet with one of the local hospitals in San Jose. And sure, the weight came off. And once the weight came off, I had to run six miles every single day and lift weights three times a week. I was like, I can't sustain that. I was getting up at 4.35 a.m. just so I could do that, just to maintain a 140 or 150, no, not even that, 160 weight. 160 pounds, but I had to run that much. I had to like work out an hour and a half every day just to keep the weight off. And so, you know, discovering intermittent fasting has been just so life changing. I feel like now it's like a religion. Um, when I first started, uh, the weight came off pretty quick. I think that's very normal in the process and the journey for most people, right? Like the first couple of months, it's all this waterway flushing out of your system. And then, um, you know, I had to kind of um, really keep a laser focus over the holidays and make sure that, um, you know, I wasn't going crazy with the eating or at least trying to adjust my window so that when family came, I can actually sit down and have a meal and not tell everybody, oh, sorry, I'm fasting. I can't eat right now. Right. So because that's the beauty of fasting is that it's very flexible and I can change it around to kind of meet the needs of what's going on in my life. Um, then, you know, the way it was just coming off slowly, there were times where I lose like three pounds, four pounds, two pounds, one pound. And then slowly it became half a pound um, a week and maybe like 0.2 pound one week, um, you know, 3.3 pounds. And then the weight loss just became really slow. And, um, And then I started wondering like, okay, am I doing something wrong or what's going on? Because then, and then that's when I started really getting into listening to podcasts because I wanted to hear what other people were going through. And some people just, it just melted off. It just, you know, two pounds every week consistently all through their entire journey. Or some people, you know, plateaued and really got stuck or some people just lost tiny increments. Right now, I think um, since February, I hit a massive plateau and I was stuck. I I felt like I tried a 36 hour window or fasting period and nothing happened. I did 24, nothing happened. And then I thought, well, maybe I should start adjusting what I'm eating. And so then I, um, and I think it was one of the podcasts that I heard um, on your show, Graham, where one of the guest speakers was talking about, you know, eating more keto. Is it keto? No, keto. And um, a keto diet would be heavy on the vegetables, not like the dirty keto kind. And so I started researching that. And uh, so I am doing keto as much as I can. I'm not, it's not 100% clean all the time, but, um, you know, I'll have protein and lots of veg 
I got an air fryer, best thing ever. And um, so I just make sure I have protein and vegetables in every meal. Um, I, I will say that in your book on page 108, um, in chapter 15, like there's a paragraph here about your just the experience of plateau and um, and it just really helped kind of keep me more motivated because I just felt like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. Like I'm so stuck. So from February until middle of May, I was stuck at. Well, that's quite an amazing amount of weight to lose too from, you know, up to the 290s down to that. That's incredible. It's like 60 odd pounds yeah. in a short space of time relatively. And I always say to people about plateaus, right? Works like this. And as you said, initially, a lot of people that do have a lot of weight to lose, like 290 pounds is a lot of weight. And then all of a sudden, you flush a fair bit of, you know, water retention and everything else out of your body. And the weight does come off fairly rapidly for a lot of people. Some people, it doesn't. Some, a lot of people, it does. And then you strike these things, what people call a plateau, and they go, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't anything happening? Mm-hmm. But the important thing to realize is that something has already happened. I mean, you've already dropped that sort of 50-odd pounds you hit that plateau. So when you look back, you say, well, I lost 50 pounds. And I've got to say in my own weight loss story that you're reading here in my book, and, and thank you for getting the book, by the way, um, you know, over the 15 months, it took me to lose the weight. I had a period of, of several weeks where I never lost any weight at all. And I was having those same emotions. What am I doing wrong? And then I thought to myself, well, let's just trust the process here. I mean, I got this far because of what I'm doing. Obviously, it works. And then I, I sort of thought to myself, well, maybe our bodies just get to that point where they just say, hey, we're just going to have a bit of a rest here. We're just going to take this all in, computerize it all, and just live with it for a bit. And then mm-hmm. for no odd reason, you just start moving down again by doing exactly the same thing that you were doing before. So it's important to realize when you do hit weight loss plateaus to think to yourself, well, how far have I come already? And what's mm-hmm. happening here? Maybe this is just a you know, physical process to this. And for some people, it could be that they're getting very close to where they need to be with their weight. They could be getting towards a set point. I know a lot of people still have a lot of weight, more weight to lose. But in some cases, people sort of push themselves and they think to themselves, oh, I need to lose more and more weight. Well, sometimes they might be close to that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is a very difficult thing for your mind to get through and mindset and everything else. And speaking of mindset, and how did you find that? Like, that's a big part of this journey, isn't it, Jamie? Yeah, it really is. And I think it really, um, I think the key word is being consistent. And consistency over time is really going to help you show results. And I think really just engaging in positive self-talk and um, and always having a plan. I always find that if I don't have a plan, then I sabotage uh, a good fast. And I just don't ever want to be in that situation where I don't have options and I don't have my food prepped or um, I don't have a plan because then then that's when things fall apart. Listening to your podcast, I listen to Jen Stevens' podcast. I continue to listen to Dr. Fong. There are some other people out there like Dr. Berg. There's a Dr. Jamnada. An Indian doctor, Dr. Jamnada, he's he's fun to listen to. Um, I just like just try to submerse myself in anything and all intermittent fasting um, books or podcasts or videos just to really help me 
keep laser focus. Um, actually, in fact, even today, um, I actually had a doctor's appointment with my oncologist and I hadn't seen her probably since COVID. And, um, when I, when I saw her the last time, we were both talking about our own weight journey and, and issues. And it's funny when I saw her today again, um, she had been also trying to lose weight. And, and when she saw me, she was, you know, like, oh my goodness, like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to lose weight too. But, and it's so funny that my doctor's telling me this and asking me what I'm doing. And so I shared with her that I started intermittent fasting, um, a little over a year ago. And, and that, um, really is just being consistent and having a positive mindset, but also surrounding you with surrounding yourself with people who are also on the same journey or want to begin in the same journey. So I ended up emailing her all of my resources. And when I started talking to her about weight loss and the impact of insulin, I was actually like, well, of course she's, she's a breast cancer oncologist. Maybe that's not her field. But when I started talking about the impact of weight loss, because she was sharing with me the diet she was on and it was, like, oh, I'm eating small six meals a day and it's under 800 calories. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like how like you want to live like that? That's what I asked her. I said, how can you live like that? I said, I can eat whatever I want. I choose to eat clean and healthy. But when there are times where I'm out with friends or I have a glass of wine or I can have a burger and, you know, I go easy on the fries or whatever, but I adjust and I can still live my life and not feel completely like like I'm a prisoner of um, my own choices. And I told her like, this is going to be, this is a lifestyle. Like I have to just adapt and adopt this as the way, this is just who I am now, right? I'm never going to go back to, you know, three square meals and snacks all day long. That's not, that's, that's just not me. And my body doesn't do well with that. Hmm. So during your life, Jamie, you obviously tried a few things to lose weight. You mentioned there the oh, weight yeah. loss company you were with, that sort of yeah. thing that you you found a bit of success. And I always say to people, look, oh, we don't bag out, you know, weight loss companies or diets or anything like that because at the end of the day, a lot of diets will work short term. And that's the problem. They're short term. We'll have initial success and we'll think this is great. But then you start thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if I can eat cabbage and soup every day for the rest of my life. I don't know if I can count things and weigh things. And it it becomes unsustainable and you sort of drift away from it. And that's Mm -hmm. when it becomes a slippery slope. And then you go on to something else and something else. And all of a sudden we're yo-yoing around with our weight, that sort of thing. And and so, yeah, I mean, diets and, and weight loss programs will work initially and they may work for a while and i'm sure there's some superstars out there that have done them and and kept the weight off and all power Mm -hmm. to them but for the majority of us we had to find something that was sustainable and and when i came to intermittent fasting after a few months i said to myself well this is the only thing i've ever done that's a simple thing i wake up in the morning i fast i eat after five o'clock i eat till i'm full i eat till i'm satisfied not stuffed i eat good worthy window food that i love Mm -hmm. i like high quality food and that started changing for me all the time. And I'd come from a background of eating very poor nutrition, and that's what caused my obesity. So I had yeah. to get away from that. Did you find that as the time's gone by that you're seeking that high-quality food now? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't even crave – like, my downfall was probably um, 
like potato chips and french fries. I love salty, savory snacks. Like I can eat that till the cows come home. I don't even crave that anymore. You know, once in a while I might crave a frozen yogurt, but even then, like I really think twice about having it because I know that if I eat that the next day, I am going to be ravenous. Like my body just reacts to it in such a negative way. When I, certain foods that I eat the next day, I just, it's like, why do I want to do that to myself? And so, um, for sure the things that I eat or the, the choices that I make now, I'm trying to be really, really careful. Um, but, but what's amazing is I don't have cravings anymore. I don't have like that panic moment, like, Oh my God, I have to eat. Otherwise I, I can't live, which is totally not true. And, um, and I love what you say in your pot, in your, on your posts, on your Facebook group. Um, nobody's ever, you know, died from not eating and you mentioned those foods that you've had issues with those savory type salty type foods chips that sort of Mm -hmm. thing and they were my nemesis too and bread was my nemesis and once we work out those trigger foods i think this journey becomes so much easier because a lot of people say oh i can eat whatever i want with intermittent fasting but there's eating whatever you want and there's eating whatever you want right in terms of (laughs) if i want to eat high quality foods that's what i want if, I, if people want to eat poorer quality foods, then that's what they want. But it's very important to realize that there's a distinction between eating whatever you want and eating whatever you want, because those two things will make a big difference to the final outcome of the results that you're searching for. And if you continue to eat poor nutrition, intermittent fasting won't save you. You'll still have problems with your weight. You'll still have problems with your health there. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Just the quality, the high quality of food is so important. Um, It's, you know, I also look at it as not just uh, nourishment, but it's also like medication for my body, right? So the the food that I put in my body provides nutrients, vitamins, and all this, all the different um, resources. And like if you're going to put crap in, you're going to feel crappy. And so it's really important to eat well. Um, just since I've started intermittent fasting, it's actually um, there's several uh, co-workers in the office uh, that are asking me about it now and they want to learn more about it. And uh, there's one of the um, secretaries in the office decided to start fasting along with me. She hasn't been losing weight in her fasting journey. And, um, you know, I just feel like people, if they're ready to ask me, they will. And I don't want to be like mother hen and, you know, what are you eating? What are you not eating? Like maybe it's what, you know, it's your, it's the food that you're, the food choices, but it really is the food choices when you, when it comes down to it. Cause you really just can't, like you said, Graham, you can't eat just anything. It doesn't, just because you're fasting, it doesn't give you the license just to eat crap. I think that's important, but, you know, we're all different. That's the thing. Our DNA is different, so we're going to react differently to food. Some people can eat everything. Some people can eat high-processed food until the cows come home, and they'll never change. They'll never put on weight. And, you know, they're fortunate. That's that's lucky for them. But for the majority of us, that's not going to work, even with an intermittent fasting lifestyle. And I always say to people, look, why do you want to fast all day? and then go and eat poor quality food. What's the point? 
and then you're going to feel bad afterwards and then you, you start feeling bad, then you're going to think to yourself, well, this is just making me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you fast all day and then you fill yourself up with really good, nutrient-dense, good food, good quality food, it's going to make such a difference to making it a sustainable lifestyle. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, window-worthy food and food choices is certainly important in an intermittent fasting lifestyle. But we talk about things like appetite correction, Jamie, and obviously intermittent fasting does that for a lot of us. Did you find that your appetite got corrected? Oh, yeah. When I first started, I was, my meals were huge. I was – and I, I was also worried that um, – like, oh my gosh, what if I get hungry later? And then I can't eat. So then I started to panic and thought, oh, I really need to pile it on so that I could eat a ton and then not worry about it later. But then as I kind of um, continued on this path, I noticed that my, my meals became a lot more balanced and a lot more like uh, the right size. And, um, and also got to the point where I can eat and just feel completely satiated and not one anymore, which, which I can't say that in the past that I've really experienced that because I always feel like, oh, I'm not getting enough. But I will say the one thing that I just need to be very careful with the appetite correction for me is that if I, if I don't get enough protein and balance of protein and fat in every single meal, I do notice that in the evenings, I there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel hungry. Like, And to me, I know, oh, I didn't get enough protein in my earlier meals. And so um, that's something that I just need to be very mindful of. Yeah, I think that's really important. It's also important not only to do that, but make sure that you're full and you're satisfied mm-hmm. and you're completely satiated in your eating window. You know, and it's important too, if you're just taking up this lifestyle, if you start off with something like a 20 and 4, that doesn't mean that you just sit there and eat for four hours because your window is four hours. You've just Mm -hmm. got to practice working towards that point of eating till you're full and satisfied, not stuffed, and then stopping, taking a pause and thinking, okay, well, I'm pretty good here, and then shutting off your window and then starting your fast again and then repeating the process the next day. I think that's really important. But And also, we should mention, too, about food choices and that. We're not here to judge people. We're not a judgmental community. I mean, people can eat whatever they want. If they want to, that's fine. They just have to work it out. But if it's not working, that's a really great place to examine why it's not working, your eating window. But, Jamie, we talk about the non-scale victories and the health benefits of the intermittent fasting lifestyle. Just run us through some of those that have come for you. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Um, I, like... First of all, when I go in my closet, I have three different sizes of clothing. <laughs> my, I would say my heavier set, my uh, medium-sized set, and, and the clothes that I want to get into. And um, over time, I've been trying to pare down like, oh my gosh, I did get to a point and now I'm feeling some regret, but I think there might be some shopping in my future. Not anytime soon yet, but... Um, I I um, actually kind of just gave up on myself and gave away all of my thin clothes. I just I looked at my thin clothes, my size ten, my size eight clothes, and said I'm never going to be able to fit into this ever again. So why am I keeping it in my closet, cluttering it up? 
So I gave it all away and just kept all my fat clothes and my medium clothes and thinking, well, there's the chances of me fitting into the medium size clothes. But now I'm starting to fit into all of my clothes that are size large. Um, you know, at, at my heaviest, I got it to triple L. Um, I was like, what is this? This is not me. This is crazy. Like, but now I'm, I'm back into my extra large and my large size clothing and I'm so happy. And there's a whole section of my closet that I've been able to pull out and start wearing and just, um, just super excited about that. The one thing that I did find interesting is, uh, I, a lot of, um, a lot of your guests and guests on other podcasts, they talk about losing the inches. And I, I will say that I haven't been as good about measuring my inches, but I do try to measure the circumference around my waist, but my waist isn't going down as the way my weight is going down. Like the loss of inches is a lot slower. And I just thought, well, maybe it's just cause I've got more of a, you know, cylinder like body. And so, um, just the body recompositioning isn't really recomp recompositioning around my waist, but other areas it is. Yeah, that is interesting. And I think in time, that's a thing that comes. I know even now I've been in maintenance for three years. I continue to see that body recomposition and see my body changing, even though my weight's staying the same in the same goal range. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting that just, you know, having a fasting lifestyle, your body just starts you know, tightening up, starts toning. You start mm-hmm. seeing that shape sort of coming. So, yeah, I think that's something you can look forward to in the future. But also we talk about maintenance and obviously you're a little way away from that, I think mm-hmm. you said. And um, yeah. sort of how far off you from are you sort of from that sort of phase, do you think? Well, I have like sort of two, two um goal weights. Um, I, so right now I really am trying to get to 175. I, I, I think my built and my composition and I'm just really dense and, um, where I can look like I'm much thinner than my body really weighs. And so at one point, um, when I did get down to, when I, through the liquid diet, through the hospital, and then running six miles a day and lifting and working out for an hour and a half, you know, six to seven days a week. I, that, that was me trying to maintain a 170 pound weight, which seems so crazy because that weights to me in my mind seems like it's so much heavier, but I was able to wear a size eight and a size 10. Yeah, I think that's just a, another thing that will come in time as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, you've lost a, a fair amount of weight in a short space of time, really. I mean, I always say to people, 15 months and you've lost, you know, 60-odd pounds. It's, that's yeah. quite amazing. You know, it's it's way above the average probably. And, you know, and then probably you'll work towards that sort of goal range. And I always say to people, I talk about goal ranges because when people talk about goal weights, they have this weight in their mind, right? They'll say, I want to be 180 or whatever it is. And then they get down to 184 or 185, and they think, I'm going to get to that 180. I have to get there. I have to get there. And they really punish themselves if they don't, and their mind starts going a bit haywire. And if you have a goal range, if you say to yourself, well, if I can get down to between 180 and 187 or something like that and sort of maintain around there, 
I'll be more happy because I know maintaining for three years, you, you've got to have that range, right? Because you're going to have days where you're going to spike. You, you, I, I weigh every day. My weight's never the same every day. Well, a couple of days it's the same, but not often. So usually it will fluctuate. So it's important just to have in mind when you're heading towards that phase, just have a goal range. Don't necessarily say to yourself, I have to have a certain weight or a certain number because then you're going to get to that and then you're going to think if you don't maintain that particular number, it's going to start playing around with your mind. Whereas if you can control your maintenance within a range, it will make it so much easier. And I hope that's helped. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? It is such a mind game, Graham. Like, really, the up and down and the fluctuation is maddening. And sometimes, like, you think, oh, my gosh, I didn't do anything different. And now I'm up, like, a pound and a half. Why? And um, it's just really frustrating. And so you're right in in terms of really seeking a range will probably be better and not um, and not sabotage my own um, mindset towards this. Yeah, I think that's important and, and just, you know, be kind to yourself and, you know, when you get to that maintenance phase, it's it's much easier just to sit there and arrange and, and you don't get sort of so wound up about it, and, you know, particularly when you go away on vacations and that sort of thing. And have you thought about that, like what you're going to do when you go on vacation? Does that sort of worry you or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I feel really worried. I um, I actually haven't gone on a proper vacation yet. I will be going on one this June. Um, I will say in this past February, I did go on a conference and I was stressed out beyond belief. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be amongst colleagues and how am I going to manage this? And um, everybody was super supportive. And when people had their breakfast, I just had my black coffee and um, and then I would have. And then I just told myself during the conference, I'm going to just have two meals. I'm going to have a um, a lunch and a dinner and that's it. Nothing in between. And this way I can kind of manage and whatever the consequences are from doing that, uh, if I don't lose weight or, you know, if I gain weight, then I will get back on the wagon when I get back home. And the four day conference, when I went back home, I think I only gained like a pound or two. And I, and I think that's just for travel water weight and it just came right off and then some. So, um, but I'm not going to lie this June, I'm going to be gone for about a week and a half and I'm nervous. So, yeah, well, don't be, no, it's, it's okay to be nervous, but the thing is that, you know, the tools of intermittent fasting now, I mean, you've been doing this for 15 months, you know how it works, you know what to do. And you know that when you come back from that vacation, and it's important when you're on the vacation, I always find it's, it's important to move, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a person who loves to walk. So when I go on vacation, I walk a lot. I mean, I remember my first vacation when I was doing intermittent fasting was in 2019. I went to Japan for the Rugby World Cup. And in Japan, you walk a lot, especially around Tokyo. You walk Mm -hmm. everywhere. So I was doing like 20,000, 30,000 steps a day. Holy moly. Yeah, even though I was eating more and and drinking more and I was drinking alcohol, I was with party people. They were all rugby guys and we were having a great time. It was one of the best three-week vacations I've ever had. (laughs) Yet when I came back, I was from memory, I was only up about four pounds or something like that. And within three days, I was back to my normal sort of goal, you know, sort of weight. And I thought, wow, I can go on a vacation. I can enjoy myself. And you probably heard me tell a story on that vacation. I actually wanted to take my scales with me. And my wife refused to put them in my suitcase. She said, you are not taking those scales with you. And I said, but I weigh every day. 
And speaking of weighing, do you, do you weigh you daily, Jamie? Oh yeah, I weigh daily. And in fact, I was just, I was, <laughs> it's funny you said that because I was thinking, okay, in the next couple of weeks, I was going to go on Amazon and research to see if they have like uh, plastic portable scales that you can roll up and put in your suitcase and bring it with you because that's exactly what I was thinking. I weigh every day. I'm going away for 10 days. How the heck am I going to manage this? Because I feel like by weighing every day, I'm holding myself accountable. I'm collecting data. It's another tool to stay on track. And, um, you know, the idea of not being able to weigh scares me. Yeah. I can understand that. And even on that vacation in Japan, funny enough, I went to a Japanese bathhouse one day and I, I, I stumbled onto the scale that was sitting there. Oh, you beauty, I've got a scale. I can weigh myself. And I come out and I said to my wife, hey, I've only put on like a pound the whole time I've been here. She said, what are you doing weighing yourself? You said you weren't going to weigh yourself on vacation. And then just recently I've just come back from New Zealand and um, the eastern states of Australia and I was away for two weeks, and it was the longest period during my journey that I haven't weighed myself. I, I never weighed at all during that oh, time. What did you do? Oh, I sort of thought about it, and um, but I, I wasn't feeling like I was gaining weight because, once again, I was walking a lot. And New Zealand's mm-hmm. such a beautiful country. There's so many things to explore. And you just walk and walk and walk. And plus, I was in that mode of fasting. I was still doing the 16 and 8 and I found that as long as I got sort of that 16-hour fasting or even at a minimum 14 hours, then mm-hmm. I was doing okay. And then sort of if I was just sort of having, you know, catching up with friends or something like that, they're all pretty good. They understood where what I'd been doing and all that. My family, they knew what I was doing. And I hadn't seen some of them for six years, so they were blown away. They were just like, wow, whatever you're doing, we want to do it. And funny <laughs> enough, since I've been to New Zealand, about three or four of them are actually doing intermittent fasting now because – you know, they saw the results. They saw that, you know, I look quite good and that sort of thing. So they thought, wow, well, we want to do that. So, yeah, it's important not to get wound up about your vacation. Number one thing is to go and enjoy it. Life's to be lived. Life's yeah. too short. We don't often have a lot of vacations in our lives. So that's the first thing. Don't let it play on your mind. But, you know, maybe if you try not to go crazy on the food and, and the drink and all that sort yeah. of thing, but, you know, enjoy the vacation and, and what it's all about with your family and your friends. But then when you get back, just go right back to what you're doing. There's no need to punish yourself by doing this three-day fast or something like that. Just go back to your normal protocol. You mentioned there that you've done a couple of the longer fasts, but they weren't really for you. Are you a person that likes to eat once a day? Um, I actually, you know what? I appreciate both options. Like I don't, I think as long as I'm able to have a meal, um, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm very functional. Like I'm, I'm, I like when things are like, I don't spend too much time thinking about like, oh, it, to a meal is like another task for me sometimes day to day. I know that makes it sound terrible, but it's like, oh, okay, I got to get up and get ready. And now I'm going to eat and now I go to work and I do my job and then now I'm going to eat. So like if I have one meal in my schedule, um, it works for the days that I need it to be one meal. And on the days where I need to be do two meals, it works for me. So I, I appreciate both approaches. Okay, that's great. And we just sort of mentioned exercise there a bit. What's your exercise like now? Do you do any exercise now? 
Yeah. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I go to um, this gym called Orange Theory. I don't know if you guys have those in Australia, but it's a high intensity training gym. And they have they the, the exercises focuses on cardio strength and endurance. So they have treadmill, they have a rowing machine and weights. And there's a coach that just kind of um, tells you what to do. And then everybody switches the stations. And I have a really good friend of mine who uh my girlfriend jane who lives um in san carlos as well and she's my workout buddy our kids grew up together and so we just we really support ourselves um one another with our health and our uh, weight loss journey in fact um she's also intermittent fasting after i discovered jason fong like oh my gosh you've got to you know listen to jason fong you got to listen to Graham Curry, you got to listen to Jen Stevens. You got to listen to all these people um, and learn about it. It's incredible. So she she fasts, but I think she only fasts like once or twice a week, and that works for her. Um, but so we go together on Mondays and Wednesdays, and it's an hour workout, and I love it, and it's so great. The music's amazing, and I just get in there and I get lost, and the hour flies by. And then on the off days, I. Um, my husband and I go walking and we take our dogs and we make sure at least a half hour we're walking. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so yeah. speaking of family and, and your friend there, Jane, it's uh, your accountability buddy at the gym. Uh, yes. Big shout yeah. out to her. Uh, thank you so much for, for supporting Jamie and also your husband there. What's this support network's been like for you with your family, friends? Have you had any kickback about your lifestyle or it's all been pretty supportive? everybody's been really supportive. I think my mother was the only one who was worried because she couldn't understand it. And, and I was trying to explain to her, she's like, you're not eating. Oh my gosh. And you know, my mom's funny. She's, you know, if I'm, if I'm too heavy, then she gets on me about it. And now that I'm losing the weight and she's like, Oh my God, you're losing too much weight. Now I'm worried. So, you know, it's just the mom reaction. Um, but otherwise everybody's been so supportive and um, what's really fun is people at work want to um, join in on the journey with me. And so um, I find myself in a situation where my support network is getting a little bigger. And it's nice because then I've got more people to talk about it with. And um, but I do I rely on your Facebook um, the Fasting Highway group a lot. I love just learning from others and seeing their successes it's their challenges and um so that i i don't feel so alone in this journey but also learning from everybody yeah i think that's great i always say to people stay plugged into your tribe you know yes. find a, a group of people that's like-minded to yourselves and you'll find that in the fasting highway facebook community we have mm-hmm. you know people from all over the world in there and they all support each other and we're all in this in the same vote whether you're beginning whether you're on the journey whether you've been maintaining for years we still need each other. I need everybody as much as they may need me because I need to stay accountable too. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that if I just unplugged from this lifestyle when I lost weight, because people used to say to me, why do you bother with Facebook? Why do you bother with this podcast? Why did you bother to write a book? And I said, because I've got to stay plugged in. I have to stay in the plugged into the people, the very like-minded people that have helped me on my journey, and now I can help them. Because I think that becomes perpetual, just like what you're doing at your workplace. You're helping your colleagues, and they've seen your example. And I think once you do that, it becomes very empowering, and it becomes a passion. 
and then you just want to pay it forward because you know how great intermittent fasting is and it's a great lifestyle. But, Jamie, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been having you here on the podcast. I find you a very inspiring person all around. But if you were sitting down with some friends or colleagues and you were talking about intermittent fasting and they said, hey, Jamie, how do we get started? What sort of words of wisdom would you give them? Um, I would say do the research and learn about it and understand the science behind it because I found that, um, you know, we're so quick. We're This really, especially in America, it's like fast food nation. We want instant. Everything needs to be instant. And I also found that this time around, I think, um, you know, the way that I've been really able to stay consistent was because I did the homework ahead of time. I read all the books because I, you know, I have given intermittent fasting a try years ago and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I just thought, this is crazy. I'm not losing any weight. I'm not eating and I'm forget it. And so this time around, I thought I'm going to read all about it. I'm going to really understand the science behind it and the chemistry and the impacts of insulin and what it's doing to our bodies. Um, And just taking the time to really study that before you begin your journey. But um, and then I would say just don't give up. Just stay consistent. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And, you know, be consistent is the key. And, you know, just be patient. Give it time. I always say to people, Jamie, give it time, six to 12 months minimum. You know, it's not going to work overnight. And if you're a person that's, you know, carrying a lot of weight and, you know, it took you 20, 30, 40 years to gain that weight, and then it's not going to come off you in five minutes. And with an intermittent fasting lifestyle, it is a lifestyle. So you've got to work out, okay, well, if I'm going to change my lifestyle, it doesn't matter whether this is going to take six months, 12 months, two years, because I'm going to live. So if I'm changing my lifestyle and it's going to become my lifestyle, then why is time important? Just give it that time and don't become impatient and don't compare yourself to others. We see a lot of people comparing themselves, but we're all individuals. We all have different DNA. We're all going to react differently and we all have different focus, goals and mindset. You know, and that's that's the thing. So Please be patient out there. But, Jamie, thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway today. Thank you so much for having me, Graham. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. Thoroughly enjoyed that chat with you, and I found it very inspiring. It's such a great journey, and I'm really glad that you beat that health scare and you overcame that. Now you're on your path to wellness through intermittent fasting and you've had a great start. Look forward to catching up with you in six to 12 months time to see where you are. But once again, thank you so much for sharing that inspiring and motivating story with us. Also, folks, as you heard, Dara, if you are interested in my own story, uh, you can get that in my book, The Fasting Highway, uh, which is available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. And if you do want to join the Fasting Highway Facebook group, then please do. Uh, there's over 6,500 people in there now from all over the world, uh, different time zones. So there's always someone there to give you a start and help you with any questions you must may have about intermittent fasting. And also, if you just need some support or you're looking for some encouragement, uh, we have a weekly face-to-face thread. Uh, people come and show their inspiring weight loss transformations. Uh, so that's a great place to start. That's the Fasting Highway Facebook group. But anyway, until next week, Be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.